0: A reading from the first epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Now, I would remind you, brethren, in what terms I preached to you the gospel which you received, in which you stand, by which you are saved, if you hold it fast, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. Now, if Christ is preached as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified of God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all men most to be pitied. Why am I in peril at every hour? I protest, brethren, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die every day. What do I gain if, humanly speaking, I fought with beasts at Ephesus? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die." If Lazarus is not raised from the dead, then our faith is in vain. Paul never says this. Why does Paul treat the resurrection as an event which has singular importance in our lives? We remember that Christ raised Lazarus from the dead, and in fact, in the scriptures, many of the saints raise people from the dead, and yet we hold none of these as as so important that if they never happened, that our lives would be meaningless. Paul says if, if, our, if our faith is in vain in the resurrection, that everything is in vain. Christ's resurrection is both a historical fact and a miracle, and so is the raising of Lazarus. One thing that you could say that might be different between Lazarus and, and between between the the resurrection of Christ is that the miracles don't point to Lazarus, they point to Christ. After all, the resurrection from the dead, by the resurrection from the dead, God testifies on behalf of Jesus that the preaching of Jesus was true. Jesus preached that he was the son of God and God himself. But I think there has to be more than that. When we're looking at the resurrection as a miracle, we're sort of looking in from the outside. We're not really piercing to the heart of the mystery. Theologians call things like miracles motives of credibility. They give us reasons to believe the divine truths which transcend our mind, things that we can only grasp in faith. They give us sort of external reasons to believe. And with a miracle, it's as if God is... is signing his, his, his signature in large, in large letters. He's saying, I testify to this, because a miracle is something that only, only God can do. It's something that comes from his omnipotent power, and so it bears his signature. Perhaps we would go even further if we said, well, the resurrection isn't, isn't mere resuscitation. What happened to Lazarus when Christ called Lazarus out of the tomb? Lazarus lived again. He was brought back to life, but to live an ordinary human life, to live a life where he died again. Martha and Mary wept at the tomb of Lazarus once, and if if he died again before they themselves left Jerusalem, then they wept at his tomb again. He lived an ordinary human life again. Paul says elsewhere that Christ died for our sins and was raised for our justification. This gives us a sense of, of how the resurrection is more than a miracle, and in fact, a mystery of the faith. Because there's, there's some sort of meaning, just as his death takes away our sins, so Paul has, says that in a special way we attribute to the resurrection an infusion of divine life, an infusion of sanctifying grace. When Christ was raised from the dead, he didn't come back to living an ordinary life. Christ was raised and lived a new sort of life, a life that transcends the old sort of human life. We see this in, his, in the manner of life that he lives afterwards. Consider this, what the Catechism says. It says, although the resurrection was a historical event that could be verified by the sign of the empty tomb, and by the reality of the apostles' encounter with the risen Christ. Still, it remains at the very heart of the mystery of faith as something that transcends and surpasses history. When we see Christ being encountered by by the disciples after his resurrection, think of how almost every time they, they, they fail to recognize him. This is a sign of that transcendence. Mary's outside the tomb and weeping, and she thinks Christ is the gardener. She knew him but she doesn't recognize him there. The same thing happens on the road to Emmaus. The disciples walk all day with Christ, and it's not until the very end that they finally recognize him. On the Sea of Tiberias, Christ tells the apostles to cast their nets into the sea to find the catch of fish. And it's only after this that they finally recognize him, that their eyes are opened to see him. The beloved disciple finally sees, he says, it is the Lord. So the Catechism says, says, no one can say how the resurrection came about physically. Still less was its innermost essence, his passing over to another life perceptible to the senses. So we have not just a miracle, but something which has a fullness of meaning, which goes beyond what we can touch and what we can see. And when we grasp it in faith, then we see that divine reality that lies behind it. So, how, how is the the, res- the resurrection of mystery in our lives. Well, in, one pl- in the first place, it's an exemplar for us. It's an example. As Christ is, so will we be. So his example of resurrection comes first, and it's the pattern of our future resurrection. We too will be raised in our bodies. The Blessed Virgin Mary experienced this before anyone else after her son in her assumption. And on the last day, all of us will be raised. But also, and perhaps just as important, is a cause of sanctifying grace and divine indwelling in us. As Christ Christ said, as as Paul said about Christ, he was raised for our justification. And maybe that's why we meditate on the mystery of the resurrection in the rosary and not, in fact, on the raising of Lazarus. Uh, So what, what does sanctifying grace give us? It gives us the power to love God supernaturally. Now, at at this moment, we find ourselves in the presence of of another mystery, which is also in a sense a miracle, and it's not unrelated to the resurrection. I'm speaking, of course, of of the mystery of the Eucharist. It's sometimes overlooked that the disciples recognized the risen Christ in and through the breaking of the bread, as in the Emmaus narrative— at the Sea of Tiberias, when the, apostles, the disciples are there, they recognize him through a sort of Eucharistic meal. They share, they, they, they have the, the catch of the fish and they share the, he eats the fish with them. And they recognize him. So this expresses to us what's supernaturally true, which is that we, our eyes can be opened to know the resurrected Christ and that we can sort of insert ourselves into the grace which flows from the power of the mystery of the resurrection in and through the Eucharist. After all, isn't that what Christ said in the Gospel of St. John when he said, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me will live because of me. The very flesh we receive in the Eucharist is the resurrected flesh of Christ, from which eternal life cascades down to us from the word of God. Now, of course, we can no more recognize the humanity of Christ in the sacrament than the apostles could recognize his divinity when he was there in the flesh, except by an act of faith. Let us then adore the sacrament in faith and through it make our entryway into the grace of the resurrection, which the Church presents to us in this Eastertide, in which, in, in which sacrament we will recognize Christ the gardener who tills the hardened soil of our hearts and also the fellow traveler who accompanies us on our journey until our hearts burn within us. And finally, the friend who finds us by the seashore in our futility and tells us where to cast the nets that our lives may bear fruit until we recognize with the beloved disciple, it is the Lord.